When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. denying the significance of that music off of Pink Floyd's album The Wall. This is Pat Prince, editor of Goldmine Magazine, and this is the Goldmine Podcast. But what about the artwork behind the music? I mean, anyone who has that album or has seen the 1982 movie The Wall or been to the concerts is familiar with that artwork, artwork done by the artist Gerald Scarf. Goldmine has spoken to Gerald before about his art, but now the San Francisco Art Exchange is offering his entire collection. Uh, what remains of the masterworks created by, uh, created for the wall, album sleeve, live concert performance, and film. Um, Gerald, of course, worked closely with bassist, lyricist Roger Waters on these other components of the wall, and now they will be up for grabs in one single collection. And over the years, uh, you know, this is basically a treasure trove that have has been collected over the years, um, all this wall-related art collected by Gerald in his office. In fact, you can see a photo of his office on Goldmine's online page that goes with this podcast episode. Um, but he has worked with the San Francisco Art Exchange before, about three years ago, he did he did auction off some art, um, successfully that is, one of the pieces, the iconic painting titled The Scream, that iconic image from the film for, I think it sold for, yep, nearly $2 million, um, and this time he's selling the rest of the collection, um, the archive as he calls it, but via online at San Francisco Art Exchange's website, www.sfae.com sfae.com uh who knows maybe a museum a corporation buys it or a wealthy collector but gerald emphasizes that he would love it to be one as a collection that goes keep it all together but we'll see uh we'll have gerald on this episode to describe what the remaining archive is made of 
and we'll be right back after this message. Hey, I'm Ronald Webb, and this is Patrick Prince. And together we host the Goldmine Radio Hour, the show that features the latest issue of Goldmine, the music collector's magazine. Tune in Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on CygnusRadio.com. Hello? Gerald? Yeah. Hi, it's Pat Prince from Goldmine Magazine. Hi, Pat. How are you? I'm okay, thanks. <laughs> Last time uh, I spoke to you, it was in 2017. Oh. And, and that was when the San Francisco Art Exchange, I think it was the first time they put your artwork up for sale. Is that correct? Well, I think it was 17. Yeah, I think it was 2017. Yeah. yeah. And that went well, relatively well, right? They oh, sold- but Neo, not only relatively well, extremely well. <laughs> I mean, I was, uh, you know, Jim and I were very happy about that. And, um, you know, it, it went just like clockwork. And, uh, you know, the, the guy just, who bought it just had to have it. And, you know, it's a part of his, uh, his life and his uh, background and everything. And so um, that was, a, that, that was a, a done deal, almost immediately. So it was a private collector for the Scream, right? The iconic painting. It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, One point eight million. Which sure, is, sure. Yeah. And uh, he saw it on a screen in Times Square in New York, and he said, uh, "Don't, you know, don't sell it to anybody else. I need, I want it, you know." And uh, so he was very definite about it. Was he a Pink Floyd fan, or was he just a fan of the art? He was a Pink Floyd fan and, oh. and a fan of the art. I mean, both right. in this case going together. But I think that um, you know, had it is had an, the the music and the lyrics of Roger and the others uh, had had a big effect on him. I mean, I've met a lot of people or spoken to a lot of people or had emails from many many people who say the same thing that you know that. I guess I guess music is very evocative and can bring back you know your childhood or your you, when you first met your girlfriend or your boyfriend or got married or all of these things you know they, they, these moments in your life sometimes get met, met, um, matched um, or marked get marked by um, you know a particular piece of music that was playing at the time or whatever um, so. And I, I guess that was the case with him. I mean, there was a a very nice uh, guy, American, uh, asked me if he could. Um, you may know you may know the story. I don't know, but anyway, I'll tell it. He he um, he asked if he could have my signature so that he could have it tattooed onto his arm. Oh yeah, all, <laughs> you know all that, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, he said that the music and the, my pictures. Got him through the Gulf War. Yes, uh, that's hard to um, imagine, but you know he he meant it because he sent me his Gulf War medal. You know, right. and I, of course, I sent it back and uh, saying you're the hero and I'm I'm the artist. But it just shows you how strong um, yeah. music, lyrics, pictures, or whatever, and put them all together. You know how big an effect they can have. Yeah, it sounds like that Raid Bradbury short story, The Illustrated Man. The guy had tattoos of all your art on his body. Yes, <laughs> <Which> is... yes. <laughs> now, 
Now I'm sure. Have you heard from him again? Or maybe he's gotten more artwork. Yeah, no, no, he's around. He he has. Um, you know, he he he's, In fact, he. Can, I have a bar in in London called Scarf's Bar, huh. uh, which is um, in a certain hotel. And uh, he came there to um, to say hello to me in person and 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 to, to kind of thank me. And he brought with him a friend of his who I was very interested to meet. And that friend was, I can't remember his second name, but you you probably will know it. He was, his name was Frank, mm-hmm. and he was in the Leonardo DiCaprio film. He was a character in the Leonardo DiCaprio Catch Me If You Can, oh. which was about a confidence trickster. Do you know that yes, film? Yes, yes. And his name is Frank something something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As slips my mind, but anyway, he he now works in security, of course, because being a confidence trickster himself, yes, he knew where you know the weaknesses in the system were. <laughs> so he began to work for the FBI rather right. than they, they let him off. You remember the film? He, uh, um, so yeah, so the, the, this guy came with with Frank because uh, this Frank worked works for this guy in, in, in a similar sort of way. Um, Watching for glitches in the, in his, uh, his system. Um, so yeah, I have I have met him, and uh, but this bar of mine is extraordinary because it's got to be named after me, and it's named after the idea of it is as a bar. Uh, the, actually, the the group is called Rosewood, mm-hmm. and you have them all over America, I think. But the um, the the hotel Carlisle in New York mm-hmm. has a similar bar, which is called Bemelman's Bar. Well, I'd never heard of um, Bemelman, but the Rosewood in London came to me and said, you know, we want to do Bemelman's Bar in in London. And Bemelman apparently was a New Yorker artist Hmm. of the 1920s, that kind of era, 1930s, who used to go into the bar and sketch on the walls, so the story goes, to pay for his drinks. And and that has become apparently Bemelman's Bar, well known to New Yorkers as a... Uh, yeah. A place to go on the way after work, you know, and, and relax and have a drink. So they they matched it up with the scarf bar here, and um, I have a, all all over the bar are these paintings that I've done of various characters, uh, you know, of, of, of um, Did you? presidents and prime ministers and <laughs> uh, so forth. So it's, it's fun. Did you uh, illustrate on the wall for them? No, because it was a heritage building. And, uh-huh. uh, it, so I made oil paintings, and they have affixed them to the wall. Gotcha. So they, they look like they're on the wall, but it's actually underneath. It's beautiful marble, so they didn't want to destroy that. Now, the storyboard. Now, if you go to the San Francisco Art Exchange website, um, it's filled with wall memorabilia from you. But I'm looking at the room you're sitting in in this photograph. Yeah. It looks like a man, a, a men's cave. Um, yeah, well, sure is a man's cave, yeah. <laughs> And, and I that's believe that's I would... the storyboard there. So that you were kind of uh, on the fence about selling this, right? But it didn't sell. I was, yeah, and I, I, I was on the fence about selling quite a lot of it because it's been around, and it is, you know, as it in its entirety, mm. it is a history of how this what now appears to be an iconic uh, piece of music and film. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, this my my collection of this and that and the other is a complete history of how that thing was put together. Mm. So I really wanted to keep it together, you know. 
But then, of course, you know, along comes somebody who wants to pay that sum you mentioned for uh, the yes. scream, and what am I going to do? Say no. And um, well, so, yes, the, the room I'm sitting in there is a room that Roger and I actually put the wall together. Uh, uh, that is the, the wall of film. Right. Before that, we worked in, in other places and so on, but this is in my house in, in Chelsea, and um, it's a huge room. And, um, yeah, you know, I would pin little bits of drawing on the wall, and uh, we would discuss that and then move them around, and eventually a storyboard kind of emerged. Uh, and so I was continually making little drawings, putting them together. There are some, you know, storyboards like the one I think that's for sale, mm -hmm. is which is a complete kind of suggestion, uh, all on one piece of paper. It's like uh, six feet long, a piece of paper. And yes. Two feet wide or something like that. Yeah, but, I see it right here. It's yeah, like... and that is all, you know, a suggestion of pictures uh, that m we might employ mm. for the show and the film, or the film, I think it was just the film. Um, so there are there are other storyboards too, which of course are just individual pieces which we picked bend on the wall and moved around mm. uh, to, to position them correctly for the narrative. <coughs> and um, so it, it's you know it's it, it's um, that the photo if you're thinking of the photograph I'm thinking of, but the, 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 I'm surrounded by stuff. Yes, you all. are. Yeah. And uh, I, you could charge admission for this room, access to get into it. Well, I'm afraid that room no longer exists. You know? Oh, okay. It, uh, it, that, I've sold that house now and moved on to a smaller place because our kids have grown up and an right. usual story, you know. And um, so the wall room, the wall room was, yeah. uh, is, you know, it's interesting because, I mean, I have heard of cases where artists' rooms have been moved entirely to museums. Yes. Obviously, they're not going to do that, but uh, recreated in other. Uh, Francis Bacon, the famous painter, he, yes. he, he, his room was moved entirely to Dublin from where he, uh, he originated, and uh, and you can go there and see his room. There seems uh, to be uh, a lot of Francis Bacon influence in your style. Yeah. I well, say. he was a great hero of mine, yeah, and. Yeah. Um, I do, I do have a catalogue. He, I went to a show of his in the Marlborough Gallery in London in the 60s, I think it must have been, uh, and um, he signed my catalogue for Gerald Scarf, oh, Francis right. Bacon, you know, I've got that, of course. Um, but he was a great influence in a way because he um, saw us all, all, I guess, as lumps of meat, which we, in fact we are, we're kind of... Yeah. Moving, moving, thinking lumps of meat, but somehow he he worked backwards from that and showed these screaming, tortured um, beings. Yes, uh, and it kind of fitted in with the way I felt about things. Well, it's now. Is this for a limited time again? The uh, your stuff being on sale with the San Francisco Art Exchange. Well, it, it's it's it'll it's been limited, I guess, by the fact that. Um, me wanting to sell it as a unit, yes. as one piece. I, mm -hmm. Ideally, I would like it to go into a museum because that, you know, you, certain parts of it are at the moment actually touring here in Britain. Mm. I have a 
show traveling around called uh, Scarf on Stage and Screen, and it's um, not only The Wall, but it's other work I've done for um, Walt Disney. I, I was production designer on Hercules, yes. and um, um, I designed The Magic Flute with Peter Hall, which recently played about a month ago in <coughs> Dallas, so that's still mm -hmm. going around. Uh, yeah, that played in Dallas, so... Um, so this show is traveling around to that is all you know variations of my work not only for rock and roll but for opera and for disney and uh, and for theater one thing uh, i was going to ask about your career is were you ever a political cartoonist at all oh well i was 50 years a kid political cartoonist oh. for the sunday times here yes i didn't i didn't know that oh yeah i mean that is my main if you ask a british person <laughs> who is Gerald Scarf? They say oh, he's a political cartoonist, and um, of course I'm known for The Wall and Disney and all the other things as well. But See, the I'm... majority of the people would know me because I worked right for 50 years in the Sunday Times. See, I'm I mean, rock and roll biased. I, I I'm thinking in rock and roll terms. But... Yeah, 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 well, yeah. You would no, well, exactly, and I mean, and of course the people who think politically they're, they're politically biased so they don't all of them know about the rock and roll bit right mm -hmm. believe well, me well you still do that because in this time no, I, I gave it up about a year or so ago a couple uh, of years I, it, it's you know I've got so much else to do and um, so many other things I enjoy doing I've just produced two books you know that yeah. uh, um, so all of that takes time and energy and um and I like doing it. So, but I, I kind of got tired of drawing these stupid, bloody politicians. You know, week after week. I mean, uh, Mr. Trump is my muse, really. You know, he does something interesting. Or, and I say interesting, strangely interesting every every day, really. So he's yes. very good material for my um, for my work. And well, over here we have we have Boris Johnson. He yes. another kind of walking caricature. You could have all the characters, yeah, I, I know, the ones who oppose them, too. There's a lot of anger going around. There's yeah, place. yeah. And um, I love how you take your style, you take a person or a character, and you make them look like their inner personality, whether it be ugly or beautiful or striking. Sure, and sure. I, I could see exactly doing that for all the polit politicians... Um, very easily. So yeah, yeah. I, I have to do some research on your your stuff for the paper. Well, you go to my website, you should see a lot of political work there. But then also these books are around. You know? Yeah, I'm not suggesting you have to buy a book, but the, you know they did. I you know I produced many books over the years, and they're the majority of them are political. Yeah. See, so you turned me on to something. So now. Um, this is why you fit in perfectly as a team with Roger Waters, because of course, he was—he's always somewhat political, isn't he? Well, he had, yeah. I mean, not people wouldn't have originally thought that. I think when I no. first met him in the seventies, but no. he has become increasingly political. Yes, and is using the wall as a political tool. Yes, uh, now I mean, uh, but and I, when I look back, I think maybe is that why Roger first came to me because I was renowned as a political cartoonist maybe well, he wanted more of a political yeah. film even in those days and i i played it more towards the surreal rather than the political you know yes 
Although, of course, there are political thoughts in there about education and uh, misuse of power and all the usual, uh, you know, things. So, you know, that, that we work well as a team. That's all I know. And uh, we got on well and we, we, we laughed at things together and... It it sort of worked, and I you know I didn't tread on his toes as a musician, and he didn't tread on my toes as a an artist. We worked as a team. Obviously, you make a wonderful team, and the thing that you both do well is you um, you both don't like the abuse of power, and you you visualize that quite well. And no, exactly no. I'm wondering if you, I would love to see the two of you come back and do something again. Um, I don't know if that will ever happen, but... Uh... Well, we did talk about it, but, uh, you know, this is such success, it's hard to kind of repeat a success, and um, we worked on a thing called uh, Pros and Cons of Hitchhiking, which was yes. uh, Roger's, uh, you know, another of his albums, which was fine. But which, didn't which have pitched. the same kind of right. um, thing for me. Right, I mean, he pitched The Wall and that to his bandmates, and they picked The Wall. Yeah, end up being a solo album, but yeah, I could. He's got plenty in him, and he's he's. Yeah, it's difficult to get hold of Roger these days. He's trying to make up for so much time, I guess. I don't know, but it, it seems like he's definitely on the road a lot. Um, yeah, he, he enjoys it. But going back to the, uh, you said you would really be interested in selling the remaining artwork as a whole. Yeah. Couldn't you see it all in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum in Cleveland? I mean... Yeah, I can, but, you know, the, the, you need someone who has that kind of... A, they, they care that much about Pink Floyd and they and the wall, and they, then they, which a lot of people do, but then a lot of people don't have millions and millions of dollars no. to, 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 to spend. I'm sure they'd love to. Right. So, it, you know, ultimately we'll do it, but it's... A, it's not a big field to play, I guess. Well, I'm looking at all these different things that you were selling. I could see there are things that for the average collector could be somewhat affordable. Well, that's what we're going to do, I think, next. You know, we, you know if this uh, doesn't work, we will ultimately be selling piece by piece. And, and Jim already has a lot of um, right. interest in that. It's just me saying, listen, this is a piece of history. Right. Please, somebody, keep it as a piece of history. Because right. once it's split, you know, it's all over the place. And uh, right. and ever to put that exhibition together again would be very difficult because it would be all over the world, really. I mean, the people would be buying bits here and there. That's a good point. It's better to have it all together. But I would love, personally, myself, for something affordable like... Um, you know the flags or the yeah yeah the stage props the film and stage props the sure. stuffed pink doll the crossed hammers banner um, yeah. the crossed hammers has to be one of the most arresting animation series of images I think the goose yeah. stepping yeah. hammers is just um, it, it uh, sends a chill down my spine but at and well, just, that's what it was meant to do. Well, it's, you right. know, it's a sort of forces of fascism, please, really. Uh, the forces of fascism. And um, when Roger and I first talked about it, I thought, what is the most unrelenting 
thoughtless, mindless implement I can think of. And it was a hammer, really, and the, the mm. cruelty of a hammer, you know, the, the, the brute force of the iron head yes. of, a, of a hammer. Uh, and so that, I decided, would be the symbol of, of, of oppression and of fascism. And then when, you know, sometimes it worked the other way around. When I designed that, then Roger wrote hammer, hammer, hammer into the, into the lyrics. So right. it sometimes goes both ways, you know. Well, the thing about it is I think that it's, there needs to be that, um, that in art because so easily people forget that or they think yeah. that the, that will never happen here. You know, that sort of fascism will never happen again. But that is the problem. Um, that it can. Well, it's ease... happening all over the world all the yes, time, isn't it? Exactly. And so people need to be aware of that. Um, yeah. And politically active. And I think your art and here it worked well with Roger's lyrics. It just it was uh, magic, quite frankly. But sure. I I hope that it does sell all at once together because like you said yeah, the collector can lend it to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or something like that but on another side of it uh, gives guys like us who have a limited income to buy some stage and film props so. sure sure I mean there may be you know if when this if the exhibition is finally curated, curated and put together as a thing with um, there will be an overflow you know, yep. there'll, be a, there'll be a lot of doubling up on there things. There you go, and yep. So there'll, there'll be some trimming, I guess, to do to, to make it into a, a reasonable exhibition. And, and then beyond that will be, you know, other bits and pieces well, available. I hope to, you, know, you know, you keep in touch. Uh, you know, I'm sure your PR will keep in touch. I'd love to see how where this goes. Yeah, this thank you, of, yeah. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll be in touch. And... Goldmine will, of course, uh, you know, keep on promoting it so people will be out there looking at it. A lot of memorabilia people read Goldmine, and of course, they're all rock and roll memorabilia. So, of course, and wish you all the best with it. Of course. Well, thank you very much, and thanks, thanks for the call, and uh, and all the best to you and Dan Goldmine. Thank you so much, Gerald. All right. Bye now. Bye now. Thanks, Gerald Scarf. Go to San Francisco Art Exchange's website to find out more. That's at www.sfae.com. Okay, everyone. Thanks again for listening. This is Pat Prince, editor of Goldmine, signing off. Don't forget to go to Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, those select stores, and pick up the latest issue of Goldmine on the newsstand. Also go to goldminemag.com. The website has been redesigned. It looks great. You can get all information there about collecting, music collecting, and also exclusive articles and a percentage off on your subscription price. All right, everyone. See you next time. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 